your Bibles tonight to Acts chapter number 8. Does anyone not have an outline? Anybody want an outline to draw pictures during the message? All right, I think we're good. Acts chapter number 8. And I love the fact that I plugged my iPad in this afternoon to charge it up, and it didn't charge. I bet, the, I bet on the wall the thing wasn't turned on. And so when the iPad turns off, we'll go home. Say, so when's that going to be? They're still 23%. And what the iPad doesn't have, the rest is right here. So we're in good shape tonight, hopefully. Acts chapter number 8, there in the scripture. We're going to look down tonight at verse number 26. We've been going through on Sunday nights the book of Acts. And uh, last week we took a break from it, but we've been going straight on through. Look at Acts chapter 8. Look down at verse number 26 with me. Scripture says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet, then, then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture with he, which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like as a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speakest the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So what was the eunuch reading about, he's reading about Jesus. Did you know the Jews still in the book of Isaiah and that passage can't figure out that it's about Jesus? And even in the New Testament, it shows Philip preached to him Jesus because that's what Isaiah was all about. And we read on, it says, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Now, it's interesting to note that there are several versions of the scriptures that leave out verse 37. They skip it completely. They say that it's not found in there and that it was just added in. But I'll let you read the verse, and I think it's an important verse. Before you get baptized, what was important before the baptism? Look at verse 37. And Philip said, If thou, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And Philip was found at Astus. And passed through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, it's interesting that that, that verse is important, isn't it? The eunuch asked Philip, what hinders me to be baptized? And what's important for baptism? That you believe in Jesus Christ. Because baptism does not save you. 
Jesus Christ saves you. Baptism identifies you with Christ. There's a difference in those two. But tonight I want to look at this passage, and I want to look at the gospel as it continues to spread and give you some thoughts on that tonight. Father in heaven, I pray that you bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. We love you, we need you, and we thank you for this passage of Scripture. And I'd love to see the gospel being spread and how today in 2023 we need to spread the gospel. And I pray that we could get some lessons tonight from this passage of Scripture, apply it to our lives and to our hearts, and use it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you remember, and a few of you the last time we were here, you weren't here, so I'm just going to review for a minute. But we got to chapter number 8, and Stephen has just been, Stephen has died, he's been martyred for his faith. And we see right away in chapter number 8 that Saul was there, and Saul was wreaking havoc on the church. And what happened was, we see the disciples, the apostles stay in Jerusalem, but now the gospel's spreading to other places. And I believe that this was God's whole intent from the beginning. Because what did God, what did Jesus tell the disciples before he went up to heaven? You're going to be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, that can't happen if they're just staying in Jerusalem, right? So yes, Saul was wreaking havoc on the church, but God used it in a way to help the gospel spread out all over the place. And you'll notice that Philip went to Samaria. And while he was in Samaria there, the gospel changed the lives of those people. And we read last week or two weeks ago the fact that the devil had a grip on that city. And this man was going around and bewitching people, and he was doing different things, but the gospel changed that city. It's interesting to note, though, that as God was using Philip there to reach this city, out of nowhere, God tells him to go someplace else. Because in all reality, if you look here at this passage of Scripture, look at verse number 25. It says, And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. The gospel spread. God is working in Samaria. And God is using Philip to spread the gospel here. But now we see the angel of the Lord in verse 26 spoke to Philip and says, Hey, you need to get up and leave here. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting that God is working in this city. People are being saved. Lives are being changed. And the angel says, you need to go south now. I'm glad that Philip listened. Tonight I want to talk about the Ethiopian eunuch tonight and give you some truths that maybe will help us in our lives. Number one, we see tonight God's leading. God's leading. You see in verse 26 there it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south, into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And, he, and think about this, he's going from a plentiful place to the desert. I drove through the desert a few days ago. It's not real lively in the desert. Not a lot of things really growing going on out there. The cactuses live out there, but there's not a lot that goes on in the desert. And look what the Bible says there in verse 27. And he arose and went. He followed the leading of God. So God led him to this point. We see letter A, that God called Philip. So when we talk about God's leading, and thing that's very interesting here, do you see how God had a specific person that Philip was to go minister to? God called Philip to leave the Samaritans there and go to this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, I want you to understand something today. The angel that came to Philip, wouldn't it have been easier for the angel just to go down to the Ethiopian eunuch and say, hey, hello, 
I'll tell you about Jesus, but God doesn't work that way. You know, the gospel could have been written across the sky. It could say, God so loved, it could just say, God loves you, believe in Christ. It could be written in the sky, but that's not how God does it. And it doesn't go and scare someone and they get, that, that would be a way to do it. How would you like an angel to knock on your door and say, do you know Jesus? I get a lot of people to think quick, right, if there's an angel at your door doing that. No, but God called Philip there. God uses people. May I remind you tonight that God uses his people to witness to other people. And may I just ask you the question tonight, when is the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? When's the last time you showed them what God can do? When's the last time God worked on your heart and led you to someone and you witnessed to them? We see in this passage that God called Philip. Now I know tonight you're not going to have, you're probably not going to have an angel come to you. You're not going to be touched by an angel and be told, go talk to this person over here. You don't need an angel today. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you, and the Spirit of God works, and he leads us where we need to go. And the calling of God and God's leading in Philip's life, God does the same thing today. God's called each and every one of us to tell others about the gospel, hasn't he? God's called us to do it. When's the last time you've done it? Letter B, we see that Philip obeyed God's calling. He obeyed God's calling. He went where God told him to go. I love that there in verse 27. Now, he might have thought to himself, why am I going to go south into the desert when there are people getting saved and God's working right where I am? And there are times in life where God has us or directs us to do something, and you're not always going to understand what God wants you to do. But the best thing you can do is just do what God tells you to do. You won't go wrong listening to God and doing what he tells you to do. I love it when Mary, in John chapter number 2 at that wedding, they needed, they needed more wine. And what they do? They, um, Mary says, hey, my son's here. And he's like, my hour hasn't come. And Mary looks at the search. She's like, whatever he says, just do it. I know you think that Nike came up with that sign, but really Mary's the first one to use that phrase. She said, just do what he says. And did they have to do some unusual things? Yeah, those water pots and fill up those water pots. Or I think about in the Old Testament, hey, you're going to go into Jericho and you're going to take the city by walking around the city one time for six days. Then on the seventh day, you're going to do it seven times, blow a trumpet, and the walls are going to come down. God's ways are kind of unique. And God's ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. And so when God tells us or God directs us somewhere, obey his leading. And I love the fact that we see here that Philip obeyed God's call and did what God told him to do. It says there, and he arose and he went. As we look at this tonight, we see God's leading. But number two, we see God's concern. Do you know it mattered to God that there was a man searching for him. I think that it's a neat thing that we read here, the Ethiopian eunuch. He's not a Jew. He's not someone you would think that, but God is about, for God so loved the world. God's concern is for everyone. And I believe that if someone wants to find the Lord, he's going to get someone to them to get them. God sent Philip, but God was 
concern. God loved him that he sent a soul winner to reach him. Mary, mind you, God loved you enough to send someone to you to share the gospel with you. Think about that tonight. I love the fact that God's concern about souls. The Bible tells us in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, a lot of times when I read the Bible, I like to put myself into the story. This would be one thing if you like walk up on the side of the road and this man's just sitting with his Bible open and you go up to him and be like, hey, what you reading there? Well, we see, what does it tell us about this guy here? The Bible tells us here that he was of great authority under Queen Candace of the Ethiopians. He probably had his whole entourage there with him. So can you imagine walking up and being, hey, how you doing? I get intimidated. Talk- how many of you get intimidated talking to people? I do. Man, I've been soul winning for years. I'm a pastor of a church. And the other day, I was talking to someone, and I was, my words were, and I'm like, come on, Brian, you shouldn't be doing this right now. But I, I still get nervous. And I think that's a good thing. When we get overconfident and think we can do it on our own, that's when we get in trouble. Because last time I checked, you and I don't save anybody. God does. He uses us to share the message. So we're really not soul winners. He's the winner of the soul. We're the warners. That's what we do. We get to spread the seed, and depending on the soil, depends on what God can do with the seed that's given. But as we look here, and we see this, I think about him walking up and going to talk to this guy. Interesting when you think on those things. I think Philip could have been intimidated. He probably had a ton of people there, but may I just remind you tonight, why are you intimidated? One of the best lessons I learned this past year, so being a police chaplain, I, I, they, they call you out to weird things or different city events, and then spur of the moment, they'll be like, why don't you pray for this thing? Oh yeah, okay, let me just pray in front of hundreds of people. So it was uh, in March or April, and it was all, it was a lot of city officials from a lot of other cities, and I'm there, they asked me to come, so I came. And then I didn't know why I was even there. And then they're like, oh, we want you to come because we want you to pray. And I'm like, okay, I'll pray. And I'm standing back there, and one of the other officers, one of my friends there, he's like, you look nervous. Why are you nervous? I said, because i got to pray in front of everybody. He's like, I thought you only have an audience of one when you pray. What an officer told me. I'm like, just calm down for a second. I'm the chaplain here. I'm supposed to be helping you do what's right and helping lead you the right, not you helping me. And he's like, you only have an audience of one. Who are you worried about? Whew. Isn't that the truth? And so, as we look here, you've been given the greatest message in all the world. We look at our world today. Look at the message our world's trying to push everywhere. Be it health-wise, be it tolerance. Our governors are big on pushing abortion. He's big and bold about it, and he doesn't care. He'll buy billboards in other states and put Bible verses up even, and he's big and bold about it. But why are we as Christians so quiet with the message that's been given to us? We see that God called Philip to this place. 
because God was concerned about a man and his soul. We see there, letter A, as we look at God's concern, God's concern is for the lost. He isn't trying to go for those that think they've already been found. He's looking for the lost. And in order to be found, you've got to be lost first. A lot of people that don't get that. God cares about the lost. Hey, of the hundred sheep and the one goes away, he'll go find the one sheep. He cares about the lost. Aren't you grateful for a Savior tonight that cares about the lost? Aren't you glad he cares about you tonight? Because you, remember, was blind, but now I see. He cares about the lost. We see, letter B, that he's also, cons- he's also concerned for the seeker. This man was seeking him, really. Why else was he reading the Bible? Think about that. And the Ethiopian, why was he reading this passage of Scripture? He was seeking God. And may I just remind you tonight, if you do seek after God, you will find him. And we've talked about it in the past. I've had many people tell me, well, pastor, I just don't think a loving God would send anybody to hell that's never heard of him before. We've talked about this a lot. John chapter number one. Every person is given a little bit of light. Not enough light to be saved, but enough light to know there's a God. Not which God or any of that, but to know there's a God. And that's why the Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God, because everyone knows inside there is a God. That's why people in the deepest, darkest jungles worship things. It's inside of us to know that there's a God. But I'm a firm believer that the righteousness of God's revealed from faith to faith. You seek after God, God will lighten you up a little bit more. He'll help you along the way and get you where you need to be. You want to reject him and go in more darkness? You can do that as well. But this man had his Bible open. He was seeking, and God sent the person to him. Man, I love it to go several places and for someone, hey, I walk up to them, hey, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading the Bible. Could you help me understand this? That's happened, one time has happened similar to that, but not very often. But this man, he was ready. He was seeking, and God was concerned about him. He was reading Isaiah chapter number 53 is what he was reading. And we see tonight that God led a man from a fruitful work to go to a man that was seeking him. Number three, we're moving right along, moving right along. We see the salvation of the eunuch. We look there at verse number 31, and we go back there. It says, <clears throat> and he said, how can, you know, Philip asked him there in verse 30, Understandest thou what thou readest? And may I just remind you tonight, the lost can't understand the word of God. They do not, they, that are kind of, they don't understand spiritual things. So this man could not figure out, what is this talking about? Because the blinders were still on. It's the spirit of God that illuminates, right? That reveals to us and helps us with things. And so he says, how am I supposed to know unless someone helps me understand it? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture with he read said, he was led as a, now, this is just, isn't it amazing that the verses he's reading are literally talking about what Jesus did? Out of all the passages he could have been reading, he's reading this passage 
at this time. And we see it says, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and a, like a lamb dumb before a shear, so he opened not his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from him. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, hey, help me here. Who is this speaking of? Is Isaiah talking about himself? Is he talking about someone else? What is this talking about? What man is this talking about? He's literally saying, who is this person that I'm reading about? Who's this person that did all these things so that I could be made whole? That's literally what he's saying here. And may I just help you with a couple things here too? You might read, it says Isaiah, it looks like there. You gotta remember there's a difference between Greek and Hebrew. So in the New Testament, it's in Greek, and so it's going to be spelt a little differently than what it would be in the Old Testament. It's Isaiah. We get that there. And maybe you see the fact that it's not worded the same as it is in the book of Isaiah, but you've got to understand something. If, I, if you speak Spanish, and I speak in English to you tonight, not everything lines up perfectly. And so that's the difference there with those translations right there. And so as we look at that, we see the fact that man gets saved, we see letter A reading about Christ. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, this passage he was reading, Isaiah 53, verse 4 through 6, Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The eunuch, who's this about? Is Isaiah talking about himself? Is he talking about some other, who's this written about? And we look at the next verse. It says there um, in verse number um, 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. You know what this world needs tonight? They need Jesus. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't need you and your opinion or what you think. They need the Word of God, and they need the Scripture, and they need to know Jesus. I don't see Philip going through his big old long commentaries and going through a lot of craziness here with him. He basically taught him Jesus Christ. That's what this world needs. That's why we as Christians, we get, we're getting so caught up in garbage today. You know, why do we have to, you look at our world and you look at the craziness in our world, we don't need to play into their games. We don't need to go down their same road and act like them. We need to preach Christ. He's what changes lives. He's what changed your life, right? And he can change someone else's life tonight. They need Christ. You see, he read about Christ. We see letter B, he heard about Christ. And in this passage, it says that Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Christ. I remember the day that I got saved. Now I know I've given you the story several times before. I remember my parents said I got saved one day in their bedroom. They led me to the Lord. I was being a bad boy, doing something wrong. I don't know. I think, I really think looking back at it and remembering in my mind, I was about four years old. My sister still lived at home at that time. And I love messing with her stuff in her room. And I can remember that a little bit. I got in trouble a lot for that. Like uh, I've told you before, I used a marker on her wedding dress. Thank God the plastic was over it. Because if you know my sister and there was no plastic over that dress, I wouldn't be here today. 
you wouldn't have me as your pastor. I would have died that day, and you would never, and she looks like she's the nicest lady in all the world, but she, yeah, I, she, I would, I, I'm lucky I'm alive. Thank God for the plastic wrap over that dress. I was told I got, and I remember bits and pieces of it, but a couple years later, we had a revival meeting at our church, and I remember in that Sunday school, in that evening class that we had, um, our teacher was dressed up, and they played out the prodigal son that night. I remember the thing that stuck out to me in that message was when the teacher was, I don't care if your mom says you're saved, do you know that you're saved? Like, he's talking to me. And someone took me in the back and showed me the scriptures, helped me understand those scriptures, and I remember it to this day. And when I heard about Christ, I wanted him. What does the scriptures tell us? So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that's why it's so important, church. May I just remind you tonight that when you witness and share the gospel with sure you use the word of God. You need to use the word of God. Maybe you've got a great testimony. Use your testimony. The, your testimony is a powerful thing, but more powerful than a testimony, more powerful than any experience you've ever had is the word of God. And so we see that this man, he read about Christ, he heard about Christ, and then let her see, he received Christ. Verse 36 says, And they went on their way, and they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And we look at the next verse. It says, And Philip says, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Well, if you believe what? How do we know the eunuch got saved? Look at his response right here. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was saved. That's what salvation is. Believing that Jesus Christ is who the Bible says he is. And I love this. If you look at the end here, it says, and, they, and he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Now look at this. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. That's quite a baptism. Think about this. You know, I'm sure they said the way, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness, gone. Quite a baptism right there. That's a baptism you'll never forget. But I love the fact that after it was all said and done, God sent Philip someplace else. But it says, what is the last thing we see about the eunuch there? He went on his way rejoicing. A life was changed because of the word of God. But may I also remind you tonight that who would have, now this is the thing, I believe that God could have sent someone else. I believe that God could have sent someone else to the eunuch if Philip didn't go. But may I also remind you tonight, and some of you are closing up your Bibles. I know I said I'm just about done, but you close up your Bible, there's a sign inside my head that says, go five more minutes, just to show them that they're not done yet. And that's, I know that's fleshly, but it happens every once in a while. So, but you have the eunuch rejoicing. But think about what Philip would have missed out on if he wouldn't have obeyed God and done what God told him to do. You see, 
sharing your faith with somebody and sharing the gospel with someone, it is a blessing and it's good for the person. And it changes their life. But may I also remind you what it does to you? If you, and this is a Christian, right? if you have never been able to lead someone to Christ and Christ save them and then watch them grow in the Lord, there's nothing like it. You don't know what the Christian life is like till you get to experience that. I love seeing, I love seeing folks that I've been able to lead to the Lord in our church and see them grow. I love that verse. It was, I think it's in John, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. And if you've never experienced being able to help lead someone to the Lord and then help them grow, I believe then that verse, I know it says that the eunuch was rejoicing, but I think Philip was pretty happy as well. And church, God's called all of us. And you know there are times, you know when you're driving down the road or when you're in certain places and the Spirit says, talk to them. No, not them. They don't want it. Look at them. They don't look very nice. They don't want And we sit there and we argue with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I forgot. This is, you're all the perfect Christians. It's just me I'm talking about. But it happens to me often. And I'll be sitting in my car having a discussion. Someone looking in my car is going to think I'm losing it. But thank God for Bluetooth speakers and wireless speakers nowadays. So it doesn't look like I'm talking to someone. But I'm sure that eunuch was glad that Philip listened and obeyed. And I would encourage you in the new year, we are talking about growing in the Lord, growing in our Bible reading, growing in our prayer life. We're going to talk about a lot of things over this year. But grow in your witness. Share the good news of Jesus with somebody. It's the only hope our world has. Because our world has no hope outside of Jesus Christ. And man, what happened here? And Philip, he was not a pastor. He was a deacon in a church. And he left Jerusalem, preached the gospel in Samaria. And then the Spirit says, hey, you need to go over here. He goes. And then we see the Spirit takes him someplace else. And he continues to go where God leads him. May we answer God's call, be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and witness to those that the Lord puts before us.